Welcome to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Spend this hour with us learning how you can protect the people you love from the financial, physical, and emotional consequences of an extended health care situation. Because of new state and federal laws, there are new and exciting long-term care planning options available. As a certified long-term care planning specialist, Brian Ott will help you make sense of your options. Now, here's your host of Long-Term Care Radio, Brian Ott. So let me ask you a question here. What is the best way to pay for something, up front or over time? I bet you if we opened up the phone lines on this, we could debate this for the next year, and we probably would never settle on the proper answer for that question because there's just a lot of things that we need to consider, and the answer is not always easy or obvious. Two years ago, I sold my wife's Eurovan that we had been driving for 17 years. And first off, I'll give you a little side note on this. I, we, we bought this, this Eurovan when my uh, son was born, and he, he was just a baby. He was like seven months old. My wife thought I was crazy first off, and then she ended up just falling in love with this car, and she was not happy when I sold it. But, you know, it was it was at its day. You know, it, it, it served us well, and, and the transmission had been rebuilt already once, and it was getting hard to find parts for them, and it was getting expensive, and so I decided to sell it, and I sold it just in a snap. Just boom, it was gone. So then we had to go out and buy a new car because I sold that first before we actually had settled down on what we wanted to do. So we decided to go out and buy a new car. And I had, you know, about two-thirds of the money for the new car was just from the the sale of the Eurovan, this 20-year-old van. So I was in good shape there. And part of my dilemma was, what do I do? Do I finance that difference and keep my savings? Or do I just use my savings that I've been saving and just pay cash for the car? Well, at the time, the going interest rate that they had a special, it was in January of 2020, the interest rate was 0.99%. And I think that was for like 12 months financing. You can get a year financing for, for, for 1% basically interest. And I thought, well, that's not that much interest. So maybe I'll just make some payments. But then again, I'm not really earning anything on my savings account. I mean, 1% interest is still a lot better than what you're getting on your savings account. Passbook savings accounts were like a quarter percent of that. So I went back and forth, back and forth. I finally decided, yeah, 1%, I'll just hang on to my money. I'll put that to work and I'll just make those payments. Well, long story short, I made three payments and then I just buckled and I paid the car off. Um, I just didn't want the payments hanging over my head. I mean, it was just a personal choice for me. Now, in theory, I could have invested that money in the stock market, and all I had to do is really get better than, say, 1.5% because, you know, you got to whatever the fees cost you to get into the index fund or the taxes that you have to pay, you know, because if it's less than a year, it's it's basically taxed as income. So you figure, well, 1.5%, I would come out better. I could have just invested that money in an S&P 500 fund and pulled the money out and made the payments and probably could have done better. And actually, if I go back and look at those numbers, remember January 2020, the S&P 500 was at about 3,200. And I think then in March, remember, we were introduced to COVID that year, and it dropped to 2,304, just like boom, as it lost a third. And we're like, oh, this is the end. And then the government turned on the printing presses, and we all started getting checks, and you had money to buy things. And next thing you know, the stock market was up to 3,756 at the end of the year. So... That 0.99% interest that I would have been paying would have been level for that year. But if I would have put that money in the stock market, I would have made about 17% return on that money. So it would have made sense for me to just take the money out in a loan and make the payments and then just put the rest of the money in an S&P 500 fund and let it go and pay my tax and everything. And I still would have come out ahead. But if you were in that same situation this January, well, things are different now, right? The rates are higher. The interest rates are higher. But also look at what's going on with the stock market. The stock market is is basically down about 18% from the beginning of the year. Now, does it come back like it did in 2020 by the end of the year? I don't know. Who knows? You know, that's that volatility. And that's my point. There are a lot of factors that we need to consider when you are paying for something. If you can borrow money at a lower rate and then you are earning on a guaranteed rate like a CD or a deferred annuity, then the decision's a lot easier. It's much more cut and dry, meaning that if I was just going to pay 1% on that car loan, but I could get a CD that was paying me 2.5%, I'd say, well, it makes sense for me just to leave my money in the CD earn 2.5% and pay somebody else 1% and make those payments out over time. 
If you're borrowing money from someone else and paying them interest so that you can invest that money, well, then you really have to consider other factors like investment risk and volatility. So there's a big difference, a guaranteed fixed rate, or am I actually putting that money in the market? And am I, I mean, quite frankly, in 2020, when the market dropped a third in March, I would probably have been like, oh my gosh, you know, I don't want to lose any more money. I got to get that money back out because I got to pay the car payments anyway. So that's part of the problem, right? Volatility and risk when we're investing versus guaranteed fixed rates. Now, also, you have to decide if you want payments. And I think this is probably what got me to just make the pay off on the car right off the bat was that I just, it was a personal choice. I did not want to have payments hanging over my head. And I know there's a lot of people that are like that. A lot of people work really hard to get their house paid off. A lot of people pay cash for their cars. They just don't want payments. And there have been multiple studies done on how people spend and how they invest money. And it's actually very fascinating. If we look at it from, you know, a credit point of view, for instance, the credit bureaus study people, they study their habits and they look at, um, you know, they look at trends. And so one of the factors that a lot of people don't know is that if you have department store credit cards and you have, you know, gas station, you have specific retailer credit cards, you are considered on average, a higher risk. And the reason why is they've studied these people and they found that people that have the Target and the Nordstrom's and the Chevron card and the Home Depot credit card, those cards that you can only use at those specific stores, those people tend to carry higher debt loads. They end up paying more interest. They end up making smaller payments. They don't pay their credit cards off as much. They are considered a higher credit risk. And it's fascinating because not everybody's in that situation. I mean, just because you have a Nordstrom card doesn't mean you're high credit risk. You may pay your bill off every month. But what they're doing, it's like actuarial science. The way the insurance companies work, the credit bureaus do the same thing. They look at it from a 10,000-point view, and they say, well, there's trend lines here. People that have a lot of individual department store credit cards tend to be a higher risk. Now, we also have another quagmire. It's people with no credit. So if you're one of those people, like my uncle, my, my uncle Denny was one of these guys. I remember he traded his house for a double-wide manufactured home because he could walk away and not have any payments. And so he went from this big house with a basement on acreage down to this tiny little double-wide trailer for him and his family because in his mind, number one thing, he did not want his payments. He didn't have a car payment. He didn't want a house payment. He hated utilities. He carried cash around. Well, the people that live in that world, you know, no credit doesn't mean you have good credit. They're always surprised to learn when they go to apply for a house. If you see somebody that's paid cash for something their whole life and then they go to apply for a mortgage, they don't have any credit. And they have a tough time getting that loan and they don't understand it. And we kind of run into this with what we do in the long-term care insurance business where we run into people that have not been to the doctor in 10 years. The people are always surprised to find out that the insurance carrier doesn't just automatically assume that they are in good health. And those are the people, you know, my dad was one of those guys. He'd go 15 years without going to the doctor and just thought he was healthy. And then he turns out, you know, he, he ends up with a little bit of colon cancer. He's like, oh, I didn't see that coming. And, and so you have to be aware of that. You know, we, we, we see these people, no credit doesn't mean good credit. No health, no doctor checkups doesn't mean you're necessarily healthy. So anyway, you know, the debate about how do you pay for something, it's been around forever. And like I say, it is truly a debate. In the financial services world, in the insurance world, it's been around for a long time on life insurance. The financial advisors will always say, you know, buy term and invest the difference. And what we're talking about there is if you have a whole life insurance policy, that means you're building some cash value. You also have a death benefit. And in the long run, your value of that policy, the surrender value, the death benefit, the cash value, and it's going to be worth more than what you put in because you're earning interest over time. But you got to put more money into that plan up front. Term insurance is just the down and dirty pure insurance, right? It's like homeowner's insurance or car insurance. It's, it's, so it's, it's a lot of money. So the advisors always say, well, buy term and invest the difference. Well, guess what? That's kind of taken as gospel for a lot of people. The financial advisors beat that drum because what they want is they want you to invest that money with them because that's where they're going to get paid. But if we look at the statistics and we look at the facts, guess who owns most of the permanent or whole life insurance? Wealthy people and banks. Now think about that. Why? Well, there's lots of reasons. There's tax advantages. There's some guaranteed growth. And when you put all those things together over the long haul, they are very advantageous for the right people. So you just got to kind of wonder. You got to, like I say, take everything with a grain of salt. You know, the bumper sticker talk by term and invest the difference. That's not 
you know, doesn't always work out for everybody. But today I want to spend some time on the show talking about long-term care insurance and how we can fund these plans. We have so many options today. It's been a wild ride, to be honest, from the time the first plans came out to where we are today. And I'm going to explain what options we have and why one option might make more sense depending on your situation. But first, I need to take a quick break, so stick with us. I'll be right back. Avoid the mistake of paying unnecessary taxes. Guarantee the quality of your care and preserve your legacy and wealth by setting up your own tax-free long-term care plan. Learn more by attending Brian's free live webinar class. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. Hey, it's Story Monson. Welcome back, my friends, Brian and Madeline from 525 Advisors. They took a break last year due to that debacle created by the Washington State CARES Act, you know, the payroll tax on employees for forced long-term care that was basically worthless. The law was so poorly written and created such a mess, most insurance carriers temporarily quit offering plans in the state. But 525 Advisors is back, ready to help protect your family and savings with the best long-term care plans available. They did for my wife and me, and we couldn't be happier. I know everything we worked hard for won't be whittled down paying for long-term care. And most importantly, our girls are protected from the burden of having to care for us. And a great bonus, our plan pays us back if we never use it. So learn about all kinds of important long-term care information and join Brian this Saturday at 10 for Long-Term Care Radio here on 97.3 Cairo FM. Check out his upcoming live webinar schedule, too, at 525longtermcare.com, 525longtermcare.com. Hi, this is Brian Ott with 525 Advisors. Over the years, I've had the opportunity to protect many people and their families with long-term care planning. However, I've also seen how long-term care events devastate families and turn the last years for the family into their worst years. Many people believe the downside from a long-term care situation is limited to financial loss. Yet often, it's the emotional damage that lingers and hurts the family members the most. Watching a loved one go through their savings is one thing, but watching a loved one lose their dignity is far worse. Long-term care insurance provides a dedicated source of funds to help pay for your care when you need it. But more importantly, it provides you with a team of trained professionals that will help you and your family manage your care. Learn how you can stay in control of your care options, maintain your dignity, and protect the people you care about most by attending one of our upcoming live webinars. Sign up today at 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. Are you confused about the best way to protect your family and savings? Get answers now by listening to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, certified long-term care planning specialist with 525 Advisors. All right, thanks for sticking to us, and welcome to Long-Term Care Radio. And if you're new to our program, um, we do have, you know, all these shows are on our podcast, so you can ask your smart speaker to play it. Um, I can get Alexa to play Long-Term Care Radio. You can find it on iTunes. You can find it on our website at 525longtermcare.com. Also, you heard a couple uh, ads there for the classes. We have classes coming up on the 18th and the 23rd of June. Believe it or not, we're already rolling into June. So that's a Saturday. A Saturday classes kick off at 8 a.m. on West Coast time, 9 a.m. Mountain time. And then on the 23rd, that is Thursday. So if you're living in the, the central or mountain time, you're going to be a 4 o'clock in the afternoon class. And if you're on the West Coast or Pacific time, that's going to be 3 o'clock because they are live classes. And the whole idea of these classes, again, find out what long-term care is, find out what it pays for, find out what Medicare and Medicaid pays for, find out what your options are. What's the difference between a traditional plan and an asset-based plan? And how do they stack up to self-insuring and Medicaid planning? We're going to go over all that, and then I'm going to answer your questions at the end. We have a book, A Guide to Long-Term Care Planning. We just got a new edition put together. We will send that to you in either a PDF format or we'll actually stick a stamp on one and send that to you. And again, it's our thank you for going to the class. We want to start with education. And then when you're ready and you can kind of wrap your mind around the subject matter and understand what it is, we're not spending our time talking about, you know, you know, does it only pay for nursing home? You already know all that. You know what it pays for. You know what it, where it pays for care and, and how it works. And so the idea is when we get together with you, we're going to find out what plans make sense for you and design a custom plan that's right for your situation. So, again, class is coming up on June 18th. That's a Saturday. And the following Thursday, June 23rd, you can sign up at 525longtermcare.com. 
And by the way, when you sign up for a class with us, we do not spam you. We don't chase you down. We don't send you a bunch of junk email. We're going to send you, I think it's two reminders that go out just to remind you when the webinar is. And all you do is you click on the link and that's it. And if you get tired after five minutes, you click off the link and you're out of the class. So it's easy squeezy. We we just, again, want to make it um, as easy as possible to get the information that you need so that when you're ready, we can design that plan for you. So um, today, when I, you know, I, I, we're going to talk about how to fund plans, how to fund long-term care insurance plans. And when I started helping clients design and purchase long-term care insurance plans, the main product that we used back in the day was what we called a traditional long-term care plan. Traditional as in the first type of long-term care insurance plans that came to market. This was really 1974-ish was the Fireman's Fund came out with a kind of a, a nursing home type of insurance program and it just kind of grew there. And then in the, the late 1980s, we saw the first asset-based design plans. It was really 89, 90 um, that you could, you know, asset-based plans that would pay you back if you didn't use them. But they were slow to gain traction because the early asset-based plans were limited to single-pay options. They had some tax issues and some design limitations. And, you know, that's changed quite a bit since then, and we're going to talk about that in a, in a minute. But let's start off with the traditional plans. Let's, let's just look at those because that's really where long-term care insurance started in, in here in the United States. Around the turn of the century, we had over 120 companies, and I'm talking about 2,000 that century. You know, 120 plus companies offering traditional pay-as-you-go products. One of the driving forces that brought so many companies to the market was the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, or HIPAA, which was in 1996. Basically, what happened was this law, HIPAA, established the Internal Revenue Code 7702B, as in boy, for long-term care, which created what we call tax-qualified long-term care insurance, and it allowed businesses to deduct premiums while maintaining tax-free distribution to the claimant. Now, folks, this is so important because what you got to remember is if you, as a business owner, if I buy insurance for my employee, whether it's disability or life insurance, and then I deduct those premiums as a business expense, the benefit when paid out to the employee, if it's disability insurance, is taxable income. If it's life insurance, then it's a taxable event to that family. So that's the problem with, with most insurance, life insurance and disabilities. You can't deduct the premiums and then turn around and get the benefits back tax-free. Well, HIPAA changed that. They said for C corporations, you can deduct 100% of the long-term care insurance premiums, and the benefits will still go back tax-free to the claimant, to the person, the individual that's filing that claim for long-term care, the beneficiary, so to speak. S corporations, sole proprietors, other types of businesses can still get some deductions, but they're going to be limited based on age, and the IRS is going to adjust that every year. But that was really the driving force in 1996 that drove all of these companies into the marketplace. And they all wanted a piece of the pie, and they saw explosive growth potential for long-term care insurance. So they started designing all these new traditional plans with the new features and new riders. And number one thing that they did that was very unique is they found different ways to fund the plan. The standard way that these traditional long-term care insurance plans were funded were just pay-as-you-go, just like all of our other insurance, our homeowner's insurance, our car, or health insurance. You just write that check every year to keep that insurance in force. That's the way traditional plans were. However, as companies started competing for a bigger piece of that pie, they started creating new ways to fund traditional plans, including continuous pay, which was the standard. Everybody had those. But then they came out with limited pay options. So you could have a plan paid up in 10 years or 20 years. So that means 20 years of payments or 10 years of payments, and then you were done making payments. Your policy was fully paid up. They also had paid up at 65. That was a very popular bill for someone that was like maybe 52 or 50 and they didn't want payments in retirement. They could do a paid up at 65. So those were readily available. The idea was to allow some flexibility for funding on your long-term care insurance and attract different people to that company. So they started coming up with different ways to fund those plans. Today, those plans, the funding options have really shrunk. We have one company that offers a single pay premium, so that's for a C corporation that's just going to write the premium off 100%. We rarely see that. It's very expensive. We have 10 pay, which you know means 10 annual payments. The policy is paid up. We have two companies left that are doing that. 
That's it. Everybody else is just continuous pay, meaning you've got to pay until you go on claim. So what was the driving force behind losing all these payment options? Well, number one was interest rates. If we go back to 1996 when HIPAA was passed, the 30-year treasury yield was 6.7%. That means the insurance companies could take your money and buy a 30-year treasury bond and guarantee themselves 6.7% return on their investment. In August of 2020, the yield got as low as 1.27%. So you realize all these insurance companies were, were, were looking at saying, okay, we're going to make 10 payments. We're going to get X amount of yield on our money, da 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 And they would calculate that out. And then as interest rates just kept dropping and dropping and dropping and dropping over the last 20, 30 years, then the insurance companies just finally said that's too much risk for us because we don't know what we're going to be able to invest these future payments at. So the continuous pay, the 10 pay, the 20 pay, all kind of boiled down to the continuous pay for most of the carriers. Now, let's switch the needle over here and talk about these asset-based plans or the plans that pay you back if you don't make use of them. A number of carriers um, and options for funding these asset-based plans, originally it was very limited. Again, there were some tax consequences, and a lot of the asset-based plans originally were just a single lump sum. That's the only way you could get one. You had to walk in and basically give them $100,000, and you might get $200,000 of long-term care insurance. And then also there were some you know, there were some some problems inside the way that plans were designed. If you deposit $100,000 and it was earning interest and it had cash value, but that interest was buying insurance, well, then you had to pay tax on the interest that you earned. So those were all some of the problems originally with these asset-based plans. Then in 2006, the Pension Protection Act came along, which was passed, and it changed the way we could fund asset-based plans. And more importantly, it removed some of the unwanted tax consequences that originally existed when they came out. And again, that would be paying tax on interest that was earned on these asset-based policies. So they removed all that. Actually, the Pension Protection Act was passed in 2006. It was signed by President Bush. It went into effect in January of 2010. And what this did is it brought a lot of carriers back to the drawing board to design some of these new asset-based plans that we're talking about today. And they brought in, again, new options, new features, new riders. And these, they were really, you know, it's the fastest growing segment by far since then. So now we have a wide variety of asset-based plans available out there, and we have a wide range of funding options. So going back to the very beginning question of the show, what's the best way to pay for something, single pay or over time? Well, asset-based long-term care plans give us that option. We can do a single pay. We can walk in and just write one check and be done. You can do a limited pay, five years, 10 years. I have a company that does a seven pay. I have 20 pay. So that means 20 annual payments, seven annual payments, 10 annual payments. I have a paid up at 65. So again, a lot of these options that started out on traditional plans have now been shifted over to these asset-based plans. We even have two companies that do a continuous pay. The difference is on an asset-based plan, your payments are guaranteed level. They cannot increase those rates. So that's a very popular option for some people. We have the option to do a combination. So I can walk in and deposit $100,000 and then make 10 payments, or I can deposit $80,000 and make five annual payments, whatever it is that you want to do. And the biggest thing the Pension Protection Act did for us was the 1035 exchange. 1035 exchange basically just allows us to take value in a life insurance policy or in an existing annuity and move that over to a long-term care contract. And the growth in your existing policy, your life insurance or your annuity, then comes out tax-free. There's no tax consequences to you. So that's one of the biggest things that it did. Now, what about tax deductibility? Well, on traditional plans, remember, they, they said you can de- businesses can deduct those, those payments. Corporations, C-corporations can deduct all of them. Well, the IRS calls these plans linked benefits, and they do allow the people in businesses to deduct the long-term care insurance portion if the insurance company separates out those premiums, which is what some of the better companies actually do. So part of this insurance is going to go into a part that's going to pay you back. Part of this insurance is going to be for just pure risk long-term care insurance. The IRS is going to allow you to deduct that. So we're going to talk a little bit more about this, but I need to take a quick break. And when we come back, stick with me because we're going to, I'm going to introduce you to Patrick and Lori. This is our client of the week, and I'm going to show you how we set up an asset-based plan with a unique funding and gave them maximum tax deductions. We'll be right back. Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott providing valuable insight to protect you in the event of an extended health care situation. 
Learn more by attending one of Brian's free live webinar classes this month. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. 525longtermcare.com. This is Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Listen and learn information from a certified long-term care planning specialist. You can email your questions to radio at 525advisors.com. And welcome back, and thanks for uh, sticking with us. Uh, We just took a break for the news there if you're listening to us live on the radio. And uh, this is always when we come back to you with our client of the week. And again, the client of the week is just just that. It's a client that we helped, and we're going to go through how we designed a plan, what was important to him. We just want you to kind of understand some of the questions that we ask and how we go through the thought process and then how we can kind of custom design a plan. And this week, our client of the week is Patrick, who is 52, and Lori, who is 50. Both of them are still working, and they have one child in college, and they have one child out of college who is gainfully employed, which is uh, I'm so happy for them. I've got one in college right now, and I've got one that's heading into college in a couple of years. So it's like that's always the goal of a parent is to get them independent and happy. So they've got one of them. They're halfway there. Lori's an estate planning attorney, and Lori has watched several of her clients go through long-term care situations and has seen the damage. I mean, that was just the way she said. She goes, I just see it firsthand. You know, She also gets calls on a regular basis from people who did not plan and are trying to mitigate the cost. It's usually from the kids. You know, Mom or dad is in a long-term care situation. They are bleeding money. Now they're thinking that there should be help. They found out that Medicare didn't pay. And then they're trying to figure out what Medicaid is. And Medicaid is like, oh, yeah, we'll pay, but you got to spend all your money down and turn over all your income to us. And the kids, you know, are usually frantic at that point because mom and dad have worked themselves their whole lives and they've saved up the little nest egg and they got a nice piece of property. And the kids are thinking that's theirs. And guess what? It's not. It's going to get spent down before the government does anything. So she sees a lot of that as well, too. Um, they want a plan in place because they don't want to be, you know, number one, they don't want to burn through their assets and um, they don't want to become a burden on their kids. Patrick also has a friend who was just diagnosed with MS. And so this just made Patrick really stop and think about this because he realizes his friend now is uninsurable. In fact, that was the first thing they did. They found out that he had MS as they went on. They tried to get some long-term care insurance. And of course you can't. Um, that's a, That's an automatic turn down there, unfortunately. So that was just kind of an eye-opener for Patrick. So he said, you know, we need to look at this and, and, and get this plan in place and protect ourselves before it's too late. So here's what we found out about him. Both Patrick and Lori are in good shape. Um, no health concerns at this point, so they have plenty of options. They can do traditional. They can do asset-based. They can do lifetime benefits, whatever they want. They're both physical active. Um, Lori is an estate planning attorney again, and she says she's going to work for at least another 10 years. She really likes her job. Patrick owns a contracting business that is taxed as a C corporation. So remember that. I was just talking about C corporations. Patrick owns a business, and it's a C corporation. They both have retirement accounts. They both have cash savings. Um, Their home is paid for right now, and and their thought is like, yeah, we'll probably stay in that house. Uh, We like it. And, you know, Patrick said we might do some changes to it, but we're probably going to stay where we're at. They have a second home that they use for vacations and the family uses, and they want to hang on to that. They also have two rental properties that Patrick manages, and so these are income-producing properties that he looks after, um, fixed assets. So overall, they're in good shape financially, um, but most of their assets, quite frankly, if we look at them on the balance sheet, most of it's like fixed assets. It's, it's, it's the business and it's real estate. That's kind of where they're heavy on their assets. They do have retirement accounts and, and you know, in cash, but again, they're only 50. They still got to contribute to those retirement accounts. And so most of their assets are what we call fixed assets right now, which you would have to, you know, those, those are harder things to sell. They're not as, as liquid as, you know, cash and investments, obviously. What did they want from a plan? Well, number one, they wanted a dedicated source of funds to pay for care should one of them need, need it. And, and, you know, this was something that Lori realized. That she has clients all the time that come in. They have three, four, five, six million, ten million dollar estates. But she goes, when it comes to a long-term care situation, they're struggling to figure out how to fund it. And what she means by that is that, you know, long-term care situations are, it's an income shortage. That's really what it is. It's like when you have income coming in and then all of a sudden that income's accounted for, right? You're, you're spending on, on your houses and your taxes and your second home and your, your club memberships and your tithing and whatever else you do with that, you know, helping the kids out, the income is generally accounted for. 
Now all of a sudden you need a, another $6,000, $8,000, $10,000 a month for a long-term care situation. Well, a lot of people struggle in that situation. And if they have fixed assets, you know, they're going to burn through their liquid assets right off the, uh, the, out, of the, out of the gate. They're just going to burn through those liquid assets. But then they've got to figure out now how do we get the money? And Medicaid doesn't care that, you know, if you got a million dollar second home, well, guess what? Sell it. It's a million dollars that you're going to use to pay for your care first before the government's going to help you out. So she, that's what she meant by that. She wanted to get dedicated source of funds so that they didn't have to worry about selling a fixed asset or if there's a downturn in the business that they don't have to worry about trying to liquidate a business or go through any of that stuff. So she, she, again, Lori was very smart. She'd seen a lot of this. She was looking at it from a financial point of view. They wanted catastrophic coverage. That was another thing that Lori saw. She, you know, she had a, a client that just watched, you know, she watched them burn through like $3 million estate because of Alzheimer's and it started out with a stroke and then they got Alzheimer's and it's just been an ongoing case for long-term care. So she has seen those catastrophic cases. They like the idea of a return of premium, which means if you don't use your plan, you get your money back. So that's on the asset-based plans, obviously. They want a plan that will provide them coverage regardless of where they're at. So in their home, in a facility, in one state, in another state, they didn't have to be limited to where they had to live or anything. And quite frankly, as long as you're in the United States with all of the long-term care plans, you're fine. And then some of our plans will offer coverage in Canada, and even some will offer them overseas. So... That's always good to know, but um, they just want to make sure they had the flexibility in case they moved. They would like to avoid ongoing payments. That's something else. Um, again, as a business owner, for you business owners out there, you kind of understand this. Um, you know, it's cash flow, and the things may be good this year or next year, but you don't want payments ongoing, and especially in retirement. When you go to retire, if you stop working, then it's like, okay. That's just another payment that's hanging over your head. So that was something that they kind of wanted to avoid is, is there a way just to avoid ongoing payments so that they don't have payments when they finally do retire? And, um, you know, basically the other thing that they really wanted outside of the flexibility and, and, and money coming back is, is tax deductions. Could they get any tax deductions on the premiums if they pay any kind of premiums for their long-term care insurance? So that those were kind of the things that they were looking at. So here's what we suggested for him. Patrick and Lori, quite frankly, were just a perfect candidate for an asset-based long-term care plan. They, they, had, they had good, consistent income right now. They had good assets and savings. And they had the ability to fund an asset-based plan in a variety of ways. They could have done a one-and-done payment. It would have taken up you know, a good chunk of their cash flow, but they could have done that. And they could also pay over time because they have excess money coming in. They've got strong income. They can also get a true catastrophic policy on an asset-based plan, meaning we can get them lifetime coverage. That's not a problem, and that's something that they wanted. So we really started looking at the asset-based plans, and here's really what we settled on and what we designed for them. We got them a catastrophic coverage, which means lifetime long-term care insurance for each of them. Their plan's going to start out at $10,000 per month per person. So that's $120,000 for each of them every year for an unlimited amount of time. So if they're both on claim, they'd be pulling $240,000 out or $20,000 a month today. So that's the initial starting benefit. We also put what we call a capped inflation rider on this. Capped inflation means it's going to grow for a certain period of time. So we chose 20 years. And what that basically means is that $10,000 a month benefit is going to increase by 3% every year for the next 20 years. So if we go out 20 years when they're in their 70s, now they're going to each have $18,061 per month or $216,000 a year per person. So again, both on claim down the road, they'd be pulling out $432,000 out of this policy. The plan is going to be funded with 10 guaranteed level payments of $32,613 for a total contribution of $326,000. Now, on the 10 pay, that 10 payments of 32000 it has a built-in waiver of premium, which what that simply means is that if either one of them go on claim during their payment period, during those first turn years, they're going to waive the periods or waive the payment for that period. So let's say you get in a car wreck and you're uh, in rehab for a year and a half. Well, they're going to waive a year and a half of the payments, and then you would pick up and you would just continue to make up until year 10. So let's say that you went on claim at year five. You were on claim for two years, six and seven. You would skip. You would come back. You would pay eight, nine, and 10. So you'd really only pay eight payments of those 10, and you would then have a fully funded policy. 
So that waiver premium is very powerful. I have the same program. I have a 10 pay with the waiver premium. Patrick and Lori could have done a single pay. They would have saved a little bit of money, about $10,000, give or take, over those 10 years. But the downside with that single pay is it's a lot of cash right up front. As a business owner, I think they're better off hanging on to their cash. They had the cash. I'm like, look, keep that available in case the economy is not so good next year. And out of that $32,000, you get the waiver of premium. But we're also going to get the deduction over time as well, too. So just, I mean, think of what this plan is really doing now. When, when we're looking at this, we're going to make 10 payments. It's got the waiver premium built in. And think of what the benefit is 20 years down the road. And you're, you're talking about these people are sitting there saying, well, okay, I'm going to put $326,000 into this plan. But if I'm on claim 20 years down the road, I get $216,000 out the first year. Average claim is about five and a half years if you make it a year. So you're talking a million dollars of of coverage out for one person to be on claim, and they both have lifetime benefits. So it's a very robust, catastrophic coverage plan. Um, the other thing that's really cool about this plan is it's got you know some really good features that you want in a plan. Assigned claims consultant. So this means that when you call to file a claim or I call to turn the claim on for you, they assign somebody, the insurance company does. So we have one contact person that will help us manage everything and answer our questions for us and help us get the care that we need. They're going to get $20,000 for medical equipment and home improvement. They're going to get $20,000 for caregiver training. And that's really important if, you know, you want to take a class on medication management or a class on Alzheimer's or something like that. And it's designed family members, informal care, that it'll pay for that benefit. It's got a zero-day waiting period for home and community care. So that means if you get in that bad car wreck and you're in the hospital and you want to come home, it's like your long-term care plan is going to start paying out day one. You don't have to wait those 90 days to get the benefit. And it's got a, um, a tax deduction. This is probably the best part of this plan for, for Patrick and Lori. Out of that $32,000, $18,900, over half of that premium is going to be deductible for Patrick out of his business. Again, Patrick is taxed as a C corporation, so he's not limited to the IRS limits. He could have technically just wrote one check and deducted about $170,000, $180,000 in year one out of the business. But again, you know, 300000 up front, or do you pay the three thirty over 10 years? He's going to pay that over the 10 years and get the waiver of premium. It's a little bit easier. It's a little bit makes more, more sense on the cash flow point of view. And he's going to get that tax deduction every year along the way for the next 10 years. So And so that makes this plan even less expensive. And remember, this plan has a $333,000 guaranteed return of premium, which means that if they don't use their plan, they're going to get $333,000 paid back to the estate. So they're putting $326,000 into the plan. They're guaranteed to get three thirty-three back out. But if they need long-term care, they have unlimited tax-free long-term care benefits. They get a tax deduction along the way. Basically, $189,000 of that premium is going to be deducted out of the business over the next 10 years. And folks, it's just, I tell you, I get pretty fired up on these because this is what I have myself personally. I maximize those tax deductions, and that's where long-term care insurance is unique. It allows business owners to deduct premium, still get the benefits tax-free. And think about what happens if they never use this. They put 326 into it. They got to deduct $189,000. So let's just say that's a 20% hit to the the company that they saved on corporate taxes. I mean, so that's $38,000. So that really drops their their true purchase price down to about $190,000. And they're, or I'm sorry, $290,000, and they're guaranteed to get 333 back either way. It's just win, 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 because what we're really getting it for is, should I need long-term care 20 years down the road, 30 years down the road, I've got over $200,000 a year per person coming in for an unlimited amount of time tax-free. That's the insurance. So just a really robust plan. Now, think about what this really does for them, too. They're in their 50s. They're going to have a plan paid up before they retire. They're going to get more money back than they put into the plan guaranteed. They've got a growing lifetime benefit. They've got waiver premium built in in case something did happen early on. They've got unmatched, you know, just the best of the best claim support. And they've got a tremendous peace of mind. I mean, Patrick just watched his friend get diagnosed with MS. Lori is watching family after family blow up their estate plans because they don't have long-term care insurance. And now they know that they're covered and they don't have to worry about 
selling off a rental home or or having to, to, to liquidate the business or becoming a burden on their kids. It just gives them true peace of mind. It's going to make them, you know, the retirement years hopefully just a lot happier as well, too, when they finally get there. So uh, stick around. I got to take my final break. And when we come back, let's talk a little bit more about finding out, you know, what's the best way to pay for a plan. We'll be right back. New asset-based programs protect your savings and your family and even pay you back if you never use them. Make sure your care is funded and managed in a time of need. Learn more and sign up for one of Brian's free live webinar classes at 525longtermcare.com. As we age, we can't always plan on good health, but you can plan long-term care coverage to give peace of mind to you and your family. It's Story Months, and a great way to learn about long-term care is to join my friends from 525 Advisors for the next free long-term care planning live webinar. Go to 525longtermcare.com and sign up. You'll learn so much. 525 Advisors will explain how long-term care works, what the coverage pays for, and you'll discover all the new options and different ways to fund a plan. Then, when you're ready, 525 Advisors will design a custom plan with you, like they did for my wife and me. Our plan even has lifetime benefits that pay us back if we never use it. I love how much time they spent with us, and it's not just me. Read the reviews. People love working with Brian and Madeline at 525 Advisors. So, get the great peace of mind long-term care coverage gives you. Go to 525longtermcare.com and sign up now for the next free live webinar. That's 525longtermcare.com, 525longtermcare.com. The fact is most of us have known somebody who needed long-term care. That's when a person reaches a stage in life requiring somebody else to help with basic daily activities due to physical conditions or a cognitive disease. Now, most of the time, long-term care starts in the home, which allows the individual to stay in a familiar setting. The price for long-term care can be expensive, and it could go on for years. Financial experts suggest purchasing long-term care insurance before you retire. Why? Because 7 out of 10 65-year-olds will need some sort of long-term care in the future. If you've never looked at long-term care insurance because you didn't know where to start, now you know where to start with 525 Advisors. 525 Advisors, local experts specializing in long-term care insurance, and they have plans that are guaranteed to pay you back if you never make use of them. Protect yourself and your family members from the financial cost of extended health care. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Sign up for the next free long-term care live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Staying in control of your care options is a better alternative than letting the government decide for you. Welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, certified long-term care planning specialist with 525 Advisors. And we're back. Thanks again for uh, tuning in to Long-Term Care Radio. You know, I really do appreciate all the listeners out there. We get quite a bit of feedback. And if you ever have a question for us or a comment, just jump on our website at 525longtermcare.com. You can email us a question. Um, and also, you're going to hear me promoting these classes. Our next class, June 18th, that's Saturday, and then the following Thursday, the 23rd. And the times are on our website at 525longtermcare.com. But if you're not a class person, you don't want to be on the webinar. We try to make it fun. We try to make it entertaining. But if you're just not that person, you don't have to go to a class. You can go to our website. You can um, get all the information you need there. You can fill out the pre-screen and send it in, and we will reach out to you, and we'll start the process and kind of go through what we need to go through to figure out if there's an option out there that makes sense for you and try to design that custom plan for you. So again, we offer the class just as an educational tool. We will send you our book, A Guide to Long-Term Care Planning, but we do have a tremendous amount of resources on our website. So if you're that self-study type of person that just wants to do it on your own, just go to our website, start digging around. You can find my story. You can find Madeline's story on there. You can see some examples we have glossary. We have all kinds of information on there. I got a bunch of blog posts that I put on there as well, too. So you can read that stuff if you're interested in it. But again, all that's available at 525longtermcare.com, as well as podcasts if you want to listen to any of the old programs. So today we we're talking about you know choosing the right funding option. And I will tell you, this is always, um, I don't know, I, th- I think this is kind of the sweet spot for me when I'm looking at people's situation. I ask a lot of questions and I get my wheels turning because when I put my own plan in place, and I hate payments, like I was telling you about the car, I just hate payments. But then I also crunched the numbers and I did the math and because of the tax deductions and the things and the way I'm structured as a business, I chose a 10 pay for myself. And when I look at the year and I say, okay, what are our top selling funding options out there? 
Number um, number one is probably a single pay for the older clients. That's going to be just you know moving money over and be walking out being one and done. And we have a lot of those. Like last week, we had the savings based example on our client of the week. So there's a lot of those which are just very clean and very simple. No payments, nothing to remember. You're just done. You know you've got long term care coverage, and if you don't use your plan, you're going to get your money back. Our second most popular plan by far is a ten pay. And what I mean by that is just 10 annual payments. They're guaranteed level. So that was like our client of the week this week, Patrick and Lori. They're going to make 10 annual payments. They're going to get to deduct part of those payments, over half of them. But once they're done with the 10th payment, their plan is fully paid up. The inflation rider will continue to grow the value of that policy, but they don't have to worry about making any more payments. Our least favorite, or I shouldn't say our least favorite, our least popular, I would say, personally for me, it's my least favorite is too, because I had one of these, and that would be the continuous pay, meaning that you're just signing up to a contract and you're going to pay until you go on claim. Now, that's, again, the standard way for traditional long-term care insurance plans, but they have moved over to asset-based plans. We can do some continuous pay. And for you know, younger people, people with smaller budgets, maybe that makes sense. But I'm just telling you from our numbers, what we see when our clients come in is they're the least popular plan. Because a 20 pay over a continuous pay means that I'm done in 20 years. So that's going to be a lot more palatable to people than, you know, continuous pay, which means if I'm 100 years old, and I'm still going strong, I'm still making payments. The um, And there's some in-between ones in there, like paid up at 65 that we do as well, too. And then we do quite a few combination plans where maybe somebody inherited a little bit of money. And so they'll come in and deposit $50,000, and then they'll make 10 payments, and it will shrink those payments down because they put that $50,000 in up front. So, again, just a lot of options on how you can fund a long-term care insurance plan that I think people don't understand. And what we're always going to look at, too, is – how are you financially? How are you structured? Are you heavy on assets? So our client of the week this week, you know, I try not to give a lot of personal information. I changed the names up. But like for Patrick and Lori, on the balance sheet, you know, millions of dollars. They they, they, they technically could self-insure. That's what any financial advisor turns to look at and is like, oh, you should be fine. But when we really look at it, most of their assets were tied up in business assets and real estate. Those are not very liquid. You know, my father died in an accident in 2006. He had a business. That business all of a sudden became a bunch of used logging equipment in a building, and he wasn't there to run it, and it was a tough market. It was tough to sell that and turn that into cash. So what we're looking at on that is, like, where are you at? Are you heavy on assets or are you heavy on income? Did you work your whole life and you retired and now you got Social Security? You got a pension that you can live on, and by the way, now you're going to start taking required minimum distributions and you have excess income and you have guaranteed income for life. Then we might look at a pay over time, even a continuous pay. Maybe that does make the most sense for those. So we always kind of look at those, you know, scenarios and kind of talk that through. And then we yeah, kind of helps us decide, do we want to go with a limited pay or a continuous pay or a single pay? Also, what about self-employed? I mean, once you're self-employed, if you're going to do a single pay as a self-employed person, unless you're a C corporation, you are going to be limited to the IRS limits for deductibility. So a lot of people have the money and they want to do a single pay. And I'll just look at them and say, you know, quite honestly, it would make more sense for you to do a 10 pay. So let's go open up a, a, an account. We can, even, we can even help them in that case if, if they, you know, have the money. You can, we've done multiple times where we'll put up what we call a period certain annuity so we'll take that lump sum of money and put it into an annuity that will guarantee and put out a 10 payments for 10 years and make the payments in the long-term care insurance contract, but they're going to earn interest on that money, and it turns out being a net positive form, and they get the tax deductions if they're business owners. So we always look at that. If you're a business owner or you're um, an employed individual that has a health savings account, you can pay premiums out of that health savings account up to those same limits. So again, those are things that we look at. And then lastly, you know, and I'm I'm very passionate about this too. You got to find a plan that fits with your personal beliefs. If you do not want payments, we don't need to do the third grade math and look at interest rates and all those other things. If you have the assets and you can move money over and just be done with it. And I will tell you when I paid the car off, even though I was getting 0.99% interest, 
the best thing about it was I don't have a payment hanging over my head. I just, I don't like that. I, and I think part of it is, is, you know, being a business owner, you don't know how next year is going to be. And so I don't want to necessarily leverage out my future. And so we always look at that and we ask people about that. How do you feel personally about payments? How important is it for you to get money back if you don't use your plan? All of those things are a personal choice. Some people say they could care less about getting money back if they don't use their plan. It's like, okay, well, then we don't really need to focus on an asset-based plan, but we need to understand how they work. So we're always going through all that information, and there is no perfect solution. Um, It's just a matter of designing the proper plan that is right for you. So, again, I've got a couple classes coming up. Um, The classes are free. Sign up for one of those. Again, it's going to be the 18th, which is a Saturday, and the 23rd of June, which is a Thursday. All the information is our website at 525longtermcare.com. And if you've got a question for us or something pops up, you know, shoot it through the website. We'll, I love building shows around those questions. I love the questions. When I get those, they come in. We're always going to reach out to you. We're here to help. We always believe that we've got to start with education first. And then outside of that, we're going to, you know, we educate you, get you to understand what your options are, and then we'll help you design a program. We're not here to try to sell you anything. We're here to help you make the right decision and design you. And all I can do is walk you through my experience and show you some of the other clients that I've helped and show you how we design these plans and then try to find one that's right for you. So again, all that information is available on our website at 525longtermcare.com. I'm going get to week, uh, get to work and put together another new show for next week, so stick around. I'll be back next week. Thanks so much. You've been listening to Long-Term Care Radio with certified long-term care planning specialist Brian Ott. You can download and subscribe to the podcast at 525longtermcare.com and learn about all the long-term care planning options available. If you have questions for Brian or would like information about any of his upcoming long-term care webinars, go to 525longtermcare.com. Be sure to join us next weekend for another edition of Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. For information, show schedules, and podcasts, go to 525longtermcare.com. Hey, it's Story Monson. Welcome back, my friends, Brian and Madeline from 525 Advisors. They took a break last year due to that debacle created by the Washington State CARES Act, you know, the payroll tax on employees for forced long-term care that was basically worthless. The law was so poorly written and created such a mess, most insurance carriers temporarily quit offering plans in the state. But 525 Advisors is back, ready to help protect your family and savings with the best long-term care plans available. They did for my wife and me, and we couldn't be happier. I know everything we worked hard for won't be whittled down paying for long-term care. And most importantly, our girls are protected from the burden of having to care for us. And a great bonus, our plan pays us back if we never use it. So learn about all kinds of important long-term care information and join Brian this Saturday at 10 for Long-Term Care Radio here on 97.3 Cairo FM. Check out his upcoming live webinar schedule, too, at 525longtermcare.com, 525longtermcare.com.